On our program this week, we have Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready with us. And uh, Commissioner, thanks for coming in today. Good to have you. Well, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And we also have uh, Chickasha Mayor and host of this program, or sponsor of the program, Chris Mosley. Chris, hey, good to have you on the thanks, show. Thanks, George. Of course, uh, with Mosley Real Estate and Century 21 Mosley. So, and insurance. And insurance. <laughs> so I figured since you're the insurance guy, I'd have you come in and uh, kind of help uh, uh, interview the commissioner a little Keep bit. Keep me honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. So, uh, you know, he'll he'll ask the, uh, the important questions, and you and I will just chit-chat about some other things. So... <laughs> Anyway, okay. so I had some time to, this week in uh, in Chickasha and in Anadarko, just kind of meeting with some insurance agents and some other folks. So uh, is this something you're doing, I guess, uh, on yeah. a consistent basis? Yeah. Uh, so what we've been trying to do is get out from the metropolitan areas a little bit. And so we are uh, taking full days to kind of get out there. And uh, so I always make a point of meeting with the fire chiefs in the communities that we visit. Uh, and let them know about the services that we have available to them. Uh, we have a full-time uh, employee doing nothing but helping fire departments improve their protection class rating with the insurance service office, which translates to uh, lower insurance costs for homeowners and businesses due to the fire protection within their community. So we, we with the fire chiefs, uh, we also try to meet with the uh, Chamber of Commerce or Rotary Clubs, maybe speak at a luncheon, uh, that sort of uh, thing. And then we also always make sure we uh, have some coffee with, with agents in town. So kind of tell them what we're up to and uh, and then hear from them, get some feedback. We've jotted a few good notes here today. Uh, we spent kind of the morning in Anadarko and then the afternoon here in uh, Chickasha. So a lot of similar questions, I guess, uh, two different communities, but it's, are the questions similar? Yeah. Uh, you know, the... the uh, the communities and the fire chiefs and the city managers that we've met with, uh, they, they're looking for more money. That's outside sure. my lane. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I will say, uh, you know, very impressive, the, both uh, the fire departments, uh, what they've got going on, both in, in resources and, and staffing and um, uh, all things with the fire departments. And um, so just making sure they know what's available to them. You know, that, that certification comes up every four or five years for them to do that. So we want to make sure they know that there's tools available to help them um, kind of coach them through that uh, to improve that protection class. And, uh, Chris, I know uh, our fire chief, Tony Diego has been on the ball. And uh, we got a, a new engine. Uh, that's, we did, we I mean, a couple of years old. And our, our equipment is in really in pretty good shape. It, it's really surprising that, you know, it's been almost be two years since October that that engine was put into um, – action the enforcer the enforcer yes yeah, yeah. it's the enforcer <laughs> and uh we also have the additional ambulances that are coming through the courtesy right. grants from the county and such um but overall we our next engines are about 12 years old is the the next newest and so we'll be pushing backwards on some because by the time you get the plan together figure how to pay for these things get them ordered and receive them that may be four years yeah <laughs> i mean just because the the, the cost of them are have doubled and the time to get them, which used to be, you know, six to eight months, now it's turned into years. And so it's just kind of crazy what's all transpired over the last three years. You just can't get the things that you need, and then can you afford them? Yeah, and we're still having supply chain issues. We are. Yeah. yeah I heard the same thing in Anadarko yeah. where they're, they're waiting an ambulance that I, I think that time frame, that delivery was a three-year time frame from, from when they ordered it uh, to when they're getting it. Yeah, and the fire truck uh, – 
or the amb- there's an ambulance. We're going to get a new ambulance. We have, so that we, was we have one, but there's yeah. another one coming. Yep. Uh, I'm not sure when it's going to be here. Uh, we've also talked about some other efficiencies by running uh, a smaller squad. You know, we, we bought the one half ton and then another one that we may use also. But that all works with the budget and such, how they come into play. But we're just trying to find ways to be more efficient on the department side so that we can run leaner and, and provide more services, have more money to provide services to our, our citizens. So, Dwayne, let's talk about uh, consumers a little bit, because I'm sure you get a lot of calls and uh, inquiries and things about that. And you do a lot, not just for the insurance agents, but for consumers mm-hmm. as well. Yes, a bunch. So we have a consumer assistance area, which um, those are folks answering the phones all day, every day. Uh, they handle about 15,000 calls a year uh, from consumers. And uh, anyone is having, typically it's a problem with an ins- a claim. It could be a health insurance claim. It could be a roof claim or car accident, uh, but they're um, maybe a little bit frustrated, and so that's when we can intervene. In fact, George, when I came into office, uh, as I was, what I like to say is turning over rocks and asking questions, one of those was that that process, and, and our law said that once the insurance department reaches to an insurance company, they have 30 days to get back to us. It just seemed like a long time to me, and so uh, we, I had my team then survey uh, regionally and nationally, and indeed, we were we were a little too easy on insurance companies. And so I went to the legislature and asked them to tighten that time frame up to what the uh, more national average is, which is a 20 days. So we shortened that time frame. Uh, and my point was, folks aren't contacting us. It's not their first point of contact. They're contacting us because they're frustrated at some level uh, with something that's going on. And so we handle a lot of those calls. Uh, we have folks, we have a property and casualty division, which would handle homeowners or businesses or, or auto claims, and then a life and health uh, division. So they have their expertise in those certain areas and understand the laws surrounding those and the contracts that the companies have. And, uh, you know, we just we hold the feet to the fire. Those uh, companies uh, make sure they're abiding by those contracts. So you've just been in office just a few months. Right? No, 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 for four years. Four years. It's yeah. been that long. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, need, I need to get more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was elected uh, in, okay. in 2018 uh, and then was just reelected. Gotcha. Um, okay. And uh, actually, I, I uh, ran unopposed, which is very rare in a statewide election. And uh, when that filing period ended and uh i told my wife that uh, no one had filed and so i liked my chances pretty good about being reelected. <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah so we were just reelected for another four years uh and then we'll be term limited out at that time right all right so uh, so if folks have uh, if they're having difficulty with their insurance company they will call you pretty much is that how that works yeah yeah the, uh, we have uh um 1-800-522-0071 is our, our 800 number or they can go to our website uh and there's a box you can file a complaint is what it's labeled but they're just looking for consumer assistance and so we we get those calls uh, all the time happy to help folks even if there's just some questions they might have questions on a, on a claim or or do i file a claim uh, but we're there to we're there to help we well, we work the insurance department all the time just for licensing agents, our agents and our individual agents and our agency in general. Um, we go online. You can look up your your license information, your um, your continuing ed, and how you're where you're standing there. I just had a birthday this month. I want to make sure I had all my flood in there, uh, so I have to have I believe it's three hours of flood. I needed one more hour, and I got that completed uh, last month. So hey, you know I didn't procrastinate too late. Um, but we deal with the, the insurance commission 
on a regular basis. In fact, it's a tool for us that even even agents sometimes are a little confused by companies do certain things, and and you just reach out to them. And normally, it's very informational. Yeah, and so George, when, when there's a storm that blows through or something happens, we we'll get a lot of calls or, or you know media interviews, and and yeah, I always tell it, them, Listen, it is that time of year. Your your first it is it is uh, your first step needs to be to contact your agent. Uh, if there's a potential claim, contact your agent, contact your insurance company. Um, if if you have any troubles, then contact us. But we really, uh, you know, in the event of a claim, we aren't the first point of contact. And in fact, when those storms and really catastrophes, I've uh, started using the phrase around our office that we're the second responders. The first responders, so when a storm comes through, there's a big tornado, we don't typically go right in there. Uh, some past administrations maybe did that, but I've taken a position. We don't need to be in their way. That's that's not our, our role is a week or two later where they haven't heard from their insurance company or the adjuster hasn't been out there. And so the first responders, let them get in there, let them do what they do and save lives and uh, let us come in as second responders to help. That brings up a point, Chris, where uh, folks were needed to look out for scammers, you know, uh, you know, especially the roof claims. That's yep. uh, that's the big thing, I guess, really, when it, when, it, when it comes down to it after well, severe for like, weather. Well, on the yeah. city side, you know, those the, the roofers are in town. They're supposed to be licensed with the, the city of Chickasha, where they've shown that they have, you know, general liability insurance. And that's a, a big question to ask. Do they have general liability? Do they have workers' compensation? Because if they get injured on your property, you just don't want to make sure there's not a problem later on that follows. And the, the, the legitimate roofers will have all that. And they'll gladly show you a certificate of insurance and issue one in your name because uh, you want a current date on there. They'll issue it in your name uh, before they step on your roof or step on your property. And that, that's a very common practice. If somebody bucks you on that idea, then that's probably who you don't need to do business with. Yeah, there'll be a lot of them go door to door right after, will. like yeah. the day after the storm. They'll be putting little business cards in your and, door. And, and to solicit in Chickasha, you must have a permit. You're supposed to. That's right. Yeah. So. And what I, <laughs> again, following a storm, I get a lot of media requests, and I always say to try to get out there to the average consumer. If someone's knocking on your door immediately after a storm, it's probably not the person you want to do business with. Uh, talk to your agent. Talk to your neighbors, talk to your family and friends uh, with recommendations of people that they may have used. Because also, as I like to say, behind every bad storm becomes follows a group of bad actors. And you got to be on guard for that, unfortunately. Right. Uh, and again, they can check with the city for sure. Right. Uh, to find out if they're licensed and all that. And, and they should be able to show one. Mm -hmm. Right. And they don't have to be from Chickasha to be live. No. They can be somebody from Blanchard That's or correct. from a city or Lawton or... You know, a, a local, locally right. owned, reputable company is uh, someone you should probably go yes. with. Yeah. Yeah. What happens? Unfortunately, they come in, they knock on a door. Hey, we need we need some money to go buy materials to get started, and then they're just never seen again. Well, and the and the agents will know roofers. I mean, because mm -hmm. we we insure several, um, and then you deal with enough roofs, you you'll see the same names over and over again, and you'll know who's handling business and who's not because you don't hear any arguments or now we can't refer you to a particular roofer long as they say, hey, go choose roofer A. We'll say, here are five guys. I think you should go talk to them. But always, we tell the insurer, make sure you find somebody that is somebody you're comfortable with. How many insurance agents in Oklahoma? Do we have a number? A bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds. You know, no. Maybe, thousands. Maybe thousands. Really? We, you know, we, yeah. we, we license hundreds of thousands wow. of licensees through our office. Uh, I know when I first heard that, I thought, Oh my gosh, is every one of my neighbors an agent? But uh, what I wasn't thinking of in that number was we offer different licenses. So we license adjusters. 
uh, and those are so encompassed in that. But also what I was thinking of was out-of-state licenses. So you've got someone who lives in Arkansas but is doing business in Oklahoma or, heck, lives in California, has a client in Oklahoma. They need to be licensed in Oklahoma. So they're non-resident and resident licenses. Uh, how many new companies come up? Do they come up now and then? I mean, we just there's so many. Yeah, the, uh, the, there are. We, we are blessed here in Oklahoma to have a very competitive marketplace uh, with lots of choices for uh, for Oklahomans. So, you know, when I, I just mentioned this in a previous meeting, when we get calls complaining about a rate increase and our advice is just shop around. We've got over 100 companies that are writing homeowners insurance in Oklahoma. We've got over 100 companies writing auto insurance. Shop around. It's a competitive marketplace. Um, what we see more of now, uh, though, George, is, is more, more sort of specialty companies coming in with certain um, markets as opposed to, you know, anyone, any larger company in the auto or homeowners business is already here uh, doing business. But we do get a lot of special, and I say special requests, but maybe they're, well, medical marijuana is something that Oklahoma is getting a lot of uh, attraction of, of, of companies on and potential markets there. Captive insurance companies is a big growing uh, area for us. Um, captives are not to get in the weeds here on the show, yeah. but captives are where you're not really selling to a third party. You're maybe establishing something. You have a, a, a high risk um, product or company, and uh, so you're establishing your own insurance company to sell yourself insurance. So uh, we, we are that's a big potential growth area for us here in Oklahoma is in the captive market. Yeah, well, we see it all the time. We like with them. Um, there's like different programs we are involved with in right what particular industry you know and they accumulate they basically congregate themselves or aggregate themselves to protect the industry themselves so we we're seeing that on a regular basis and you know and what uh, the commissioner hadn't touched upon yet in the past they really didn't have much oversight and now they do fall under the insurance department where there is oversight taking place with them uh, especially with their finances in the in the past they just turned in the financial statements to the ag's office and that was the end of it and now they actually uh, that changed three years ago, yeah, two, or, two or three years ago. And um, so now there is a little more oversight on these groups, so you feel a little more comfortable on who's coming into the state. Yeah, those those are the interlo interlocals. I might just mention November first of this year. I hired on um, arguably one of the top captive uh, folks in the country, um, Steve Kenyon. He actually originally from Oklahoma, but uh, lives in Illinois. And he, he was overseeing the captive division for the state of Delaware for 13 years. Delaware is one of the lead captive states in the country. Uh, so he's on board now in Oklahoma. He's asked to speak all around, literally around the world, not just around the country. And so I'm pretty excited to have him on board. Uh, we had a meeting just uh, two weeks ago over in Tulsa to talk about captives uh, with the uh, energy sector and what we saw coming down the road, some potential problems in them securing coverage in the traditional markets uh, with the way some of the uh, industry is going with, with ESG and that sort of thing. So what happens if, uh, if you find an insurance company that maybe is not practicing like they should? Is there, what's, their, what's the disciplinary uh, process if you find an insurance agent that's not doing what they're supposed to be doing yeah so I, it really is the same whether that's a really a company or or an agent or anyone that we license uh we have a legal division i've got seven attorneys uh in our legal division and um so you know they'll they'll be called on the carpet and we'll have a hearing um, potentially in front of a, an al an administrative law judge uh and then you know they they could be fined 
a certain amount, they could lose their license, uh, permanently lose their license uh, through that process. So that would be uh, really the same process, whether that's an insurance company or, or an agent. Most recently, we've been doing a lot with um, PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers. They're large, some of them are very large, multi-billion dollar companies. They're the go-between between health plans, either health insurance companies or large employers, uh, and, and they manage their prescription drug benefits. So they're setting up networks, they're maybe paying claims, uh, ha- handling formularies, that sort of thing. Uh, it's become a big issue across the country because you've got some big multi-billion dollar companies uh, and you've got some small independent pharmacists trying to stay in business and uh, kind of getting pushed around and bullied by these uh, larger um, national um, PBMs. And so we've issued some serious fines, I mean, over $3.5 million to date on those uh, and uh, just trying to have them fall in line with a new law that was passed in 2019 in our state. Does that have anything to do with uh, the opioid settlement with like Walgreens and CVS uh, that we're hearing about in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, actually it did not. It was, it was, it was unrelated. Okay. Uh, though, you know, Walgreens and CVS do have, uh, they do have PBMs that they own, but uh, unrelated to the opioid uh, issues. Okay. All right. <laughs> Well, actually, I was talking about the uh, the with the CVS and, and opium, uh, op- opioid. Sorry about that. Um, we're actually having council. We're having that discussion tonight. There's some, a lot of paperwork and contracts, the agreements that the city has to adhere to in order to send those contracts back to them. So it's been all this is really, and they've been really after us to get these forms signed. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all changing very rapidly. So the city's gets an opportunity to get some of these mm-hmm. some of these funds. That's and what would they what would the city use with that? You know, I don't even know what the dollar amount would be. Mm-hmm. So that would be up to uh, Keith Johnson, our city manager, to use it the best discretion for the city. All right. And I'm sure you bring it to the council for consideration. And all Everything that. goes and comes before course. the council. <laughs> of course. Yeah, we'll eventually right. see it all. All right. But it'll be a while before we... It will be. Yeah, yeah we'll just want to... If, if it passes tonight, which I don't see why it wouldn't, but if it does pass tonight, I sign the contracts, we send that back, and then we'll wait. All right. Um Wanted to talk about uh, one of the other sectors that uh, the state insurance company does is the Medicare Assistance Program. Yes. We've got a great gentleman that we talk to every fall. Uh, that uh, He'll even come down and visit with us a little bit. So uh, it's with, a great, great with Ray? Program. Yes. From our office? Ray, Ray Walker. Walker. Yeah, yep. yeah, good. Ray does a great job overseeing our MAP program, uh, which stands for our Medicare Assistance Program. But we've got a team of folks that are, are uh, paid for with federal grants. And uh, they're doing just that, assisting folks as they're often aging into that Medicare process or just trying to make some decisions. So, you know, we're not out there selling business, uh, competing in any way with, with agents, but we are just counseling through their different uh, options in a very non-biased uh, way and uh, helping them make those decisions going forward. Yeah, and they do a great job. We have some um, seminars and webinars uh, during the pandemic, uh, typically geared towards uh, fraud or, or preventing senior fraud, have some different speakers, and uh, we, we do that each year. So those are something that also are archived in our um, – those are also those are archived in our website. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but folks can go back and look at those, too, because we, we do archive those on our website. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Website again is? Uh, oid.ok.gov. Oid.ok.gov. Yep. All right. Sounds great. Uh, what are your future? Uh, you got some other community tours you've got going on here pretty quick? or? Oh. 
Uh, yeah, so I mean, this is we're wrapping up right. our day here in right. Anadarko and and, and Chickasaw, but we've we've gotten out quite a bit uh, over the past uh, year or two. You know, we had the pandemic; that little pandemic thing kind of screwed up our schedule a little bit and meeting with folks. But um, uh, we're, we're, we're we, Liana, who has coordinated all this mm-hmm. for me, she, she's got me on quite a schedule of getting out to those different communities. But they've worked really well. Um, just being we're very well received by the communities that we're in that we're we're out there for the day and uh, really got, trying to hear from those communities and get to know those folks so. right yeah. no, Chris, any, go ahead. well one thing that uh, Glenn had mentioned and I did not know about we're talking about the life insurance the program out there where somebody passes away there is a national registry where you can request if they had life insurance or not you want to touch yeah, on that real quick I'm glad you brought that up we, George great tool for folks to know about life policy locator it's called you can go to our website, oid.ok.gov. You'll click on Life Policy Locator, and that will redirect you to the National Association of Insurance Commissioners website. And there's a short form. And the scenario is mom or dad passes away. Kids are talking. I think mom had a life insurance policy. Did she? She mentioned that one time, and that's sort of conversation. Maybe it's found in a file cabinet. Uh, maybe it's not. But you can go and complete this form. That form then goes to every life insurance company out there. And within 90 days, you'll receive notification back whether you've got an active policy in place. Uh, and so with that tool, we've been able to connect um, over $19 million to Oklahoma um, beneficiaries. And um, you know they, they may have eventually ended up with that money. The way that works is if an insurance company doesn't get a claim filed on a life insurance policy, when that person turns 100 years old on paper, uh, that money gets turned over, and there's been no claim, that gets turned over to our state treasurer as unclaimed property. So maybe that gets back to the family or beneficiaries, but it also may be 20 years later than it should have been. So great tool that we've had great success with. That's good to know. No telling how many millions of dollars in life insurance hasn't been claimed because somebody forgot or decided not to know. tell anybody. Couldn't why. locate a policy. Yeah. Right. Uh, but, so that's why it's important for uh no matter your age, if you got a life insurance policy, you let several people know your beneficiary, you know, kids, you know, listed people. in your will. Yeah, yeah, you know, do true. That, do yeah. that paperwork; mm-hmm. it should be all right there. But when they when they mentioned that, I just most people don't. I'm working um, on the work side. My um, actually my paying job. Um, there's there's a family and they have no will set up. They don't have anything. And they have there's assets there, and it's like concerning. You know, like what were to happen? You know, nobody lives forever. So what were to happen? And their children are all minors. I said, well, you need to address that in the, in the will also, who's going to have custody. Because it's not the state gets involved. Mm-hmm. So right. you need to address it today. Right. And so hopefully they'll heed some advice there. Get your attorney. Let him draft that for you. Right. Uh, a will or a trust. Either trust. One, exactly. Guess, right? It mm-hmm. needs to be updated. I, you know, my yeah. wife and I recently had this conversation. We did ours all up, right, and had it all set when our sons were minors. Well, none of them are minors now. They're not. They're they're still in college, but still, yeah. the dynamics and uh, things have changed, and it needs to be updated too. By law, they're adults. Yeah, and it, yeah, they're on their own, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to pay for school anymore. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that nice one. Nice try. Right? <laughs> All right, uh, Glenn. Thanks for coming in today. It's been a very educational program, and uh, good luck with your additional tours and. Uh, stop back by when you're in the area. I'd love to talk to you some more. Thank so. you. I, I enjoy, appreciate the opportunity sure. to be here. We've really enjoyed our day here in uh, Andarco and Chickasha, so appreciate the opportunity. All right, Chris, always, uh, thanks for the uh, insight. 
uh, on this subject. I appreciate it very much. So. Hey, thanks, George. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris Mosley and uh, State Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready on our program this week.